Hello everyone and welcome back to a Fight Worth Fighting podcast. We are a show dedicated to seeking wisdom and advice from those marriages that have stood the test of time and are here to share that it may not be easy, but it will be worth it. The one question we ask every couple on the podcast is, was there ever a time you did not think your marriage would work out and what did you have to do to make it work? So we are taking a detour and are in the middle of our parenting slash motherhood series. But if you are here for our marriage encouragement, here is what you should do. Do not fret. First of all, go and download our PDF giveaway where we have collected all of the advice our elders have elders have given us on this podcast each guest has left us with a marriage challenge at the end of our my interview with them and we have put those challenges into a weekly challenge for you so go to our website afwfpodcast.com and get the free worksheet called seven days of small challenges to create big miracles in your marriage so again go and get that free guide because it's amazing and it's awesome if you can go over it by yourself but it's infinitely better if you can go over it with your spouse so secondly if you're here for the marriage encouragement the advice our elders have already given us on this podcast is timeless so Go back and re-listen to, to hear me ask our guests that very invasive question about whether or not they ever almost separated or divorced and what they had to do to overcome. Every time I re-listen, I learn something new that I can bring into my marriage. Okay, so let's get into this week's episode. This is the second half of my interview with the wonderful Julie Johnson. So make absolutely sure you listen to that first part of our chat where Julie shares a few, not a few, a lot of golden nuggets on raising kids. One question I had for her was with all of the parenting styles shoved down our throats this day and age, and even some of those styles telling us that we will scare our kids or scar them if we tell them the word no, how do we know what to do and how to discipline and to raise our kids? And one thing that she said that really stuck out to me was all we have to do is simply ask ourselves, is that godly advice or is that worldly advice? Because let's face it, we don't have to look far to see that all of the worldly advice we've been buying into isn't really panning out. So test everything against that suggestion. Is that godly advice advice, or is that worldly advice? And if you're still confused, well, not still, first and foremost, we should take it to God and also look to our Bible. God has given us this book to live by and promises that if we do, we'll be given life to the full. He promises that if we train, he says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Isn't that beautiful? So I loved that. And the next thing that stood out to me that she, she talked about was um, she made a point that mom, that as moms and parents, we are all going through seasons as working moms or maybe staying at home with our kids. And instead of beating ourselves up for the work God has currently given us, the best thing that we can do as parents, no matter what season that we're in, is to raise our kids in the way that honors God 
And for practical ways to do that, make sure you listen to our previous episode, the first part of my chat with her, episode 37, to hear all the practical ways we can do this. So in light of this parenting and motherhood series, we have an awesome giveaway for you. So go to afwfpodcast.com and download our free guide called Seven Rules I Learned from My Elders About Raising Well-Rounded, Happy, Respectful Kids that people will enjoy to be around. So go get that guide on our website, seven rules to raise happy kids and download the free PDF and you'll find that under the motherhood tab. Okay, so let's get into this week's message. Instill wisdom too. For if you're a believer, there's someone who's younger than you in the faith and it's our calling to teach those uh, um to teach those people who are younger than you in the faith to, you know, to know God, to love God, to love their, love their husbands, to love their children, to love the people who are around them, their, love their neighbor. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's great to see at this stage in my life, like I said, that my children are walking with the Lord and that comes and it starts from those young, young times. My youngest, Nicole, who just graduated when she was, preschool age I had some friends um who were parents of my um older kids friends asked me is Nicole in preschool do you have her in a preschool and I said no I don't and they were like oh why not and I said okay well I take her to Sunday school Sunday morning Sunday school so she goes to a Sunday school class Sunday morning um we had a Sunday night kids choir so she we went back sunday night and we had a sunday night services for adults and kids choir for kids so she did that um and then uh, our church had a tuesday morning women's ministry uh bible study so i went to that and they had a kids program that went with it it was called titus two tuesdays um so it's women teaching you know younger women and there was a a kids program that went with it and so she was involved with that. And then Wednesday night, we had an Awana program at our church there. So she went to that on Wednesday night. And I said, so at the preschool age, what, what, you, what do you really need to instill in your children? Um, at that age, you want to teach them to sit still, to you know, keep their hands to themselves, to obey authority, teachers, you know, things like that, to obey authority, to learn how to sit still you're not teaching abcs and one two threes you get a little bit of that but mostly it's just learning how to be a part of a community learning how to interact with other people in a you know in an honoring way right Mm -hmm. and my daughter was getting that four times a week she she knew how to honor authority she knew how to sit she knew how to listen she knew how to write those kinds of things that's what you learn in preschool I was teaching ABCs and colors and things at home, right? Um, so when you have an, an active and vibrant children's ministry, some of the other things you don't need because that's what your your kids are getting that. In addition to, if you have a faithful biblical, you know, Bible teaching church, in the process of that, your kids are getting, you know, the basic Bible stories about who God is mm-hmm. in creation and Genesis and Noah and the flood and Moses, right? And the, and the parting of the Red Sea and David and Goliath, the basics of how God works, right? And what God does. And if, if they're, if they're wise, the teachers and the, 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 the 
church, if they're wise in their teaching, they're not teaching that, you know, David was so great or Moses was so great or Noah was so great. Yes, these were faithful people in the Bible. But the key to the whole story is that God is the hero. God was the one who who prevented, you know, Noah and his family from dying, you know, because he was the one who directed Noah, right? God was the one who parted the Red Sea using Moses as the leader of that, right? But God did it. Moses didn't do it. God did it. David fought Goliath, but he was not the one who killed Goliath. God used David to do that, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if, you, if your children's ministry, like I said, is faithful to teach that God is always the one who is the, the hero of the story, by the time they get to the age you know, where they're ready to make a decision, they understand that it's God who's doing it, right? It's God who is directing. It's God who's sovereign over it all. And that's that in our society is what we need. We need more people to understand that God is in control, that God's truth is what we need to, to follow, that God's way is the best way. When we look at marriage, when we look at children, when we look at um, even politics, I'm not going to go there, but you know, there is a way, there is a way that is better than others. And God's way is always better than the world's way. So mm-hmm. kind of got off on a little tangent there, but there you go. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Amen. And I think that gets confusing this day and age because deep down I'm like, okay, I know God is in control, but then why is the world so ugly? Why are these shootings happening? And I feel like it's better than ever to just have just a, a strong faith. And I feel I used to, but now have, having kids, um, I find myself fearing and struggling more than I ever did before. Even when my oldest were young, you know, um, my daughter was five and a half when um, 9-11 happened, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so after that, all the terrorist things, right? I, that's how I was. I was fearful. Um, and I used to pray. <laughs> I used to pray, Lord, come now. Jesus, come now before my kids are at an age where they can reject you. Because I didn't want my children, you know, I wanted my children to come to know the Lord, but they were young, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't want them to have a chance to reject him. So I was praying, Lord, come now. Like Jesus come today, right? Mm-hmm. And that's selfish because the Lord tarries so that all will be saved, right? That's, the, that's why, right? He, he, he is uh, long suffering so that many will be saved, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the selfish on my part because I wanted to save my family, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, there's, you, you can, when you look at the world, you can be fearful. And um, there are many times in the Bible where God says, you know, do not fear, right? And so our, our um, I think in, in where we are and how we see the world, and again, how we see child rearing and um, for our children, we need to, we need to understand and we need to know and we need to rest in the fact that God is sovereign and, you know, he causes all things to happen for our good and his glory. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that, that it's hard, especially when we have little, little kids and we worry about their, 
how their lives will turn out and what they will have to experience at, at this stage in my life. I'm starting to see the world and think about my grandchildren. I don't have any yet, but I'm, yeah. you know, I know they're coming, right? Lord willing, they're coming. Mm-hmm. And I see what's happening in the schools and things like that. And that's where my, you know, my concern is at this point. And what, what can I do to, um, to protect them from a lot of the worldly ideas and ideologies that are um, becoming so, so rampant in our society. And, and, and they're harmful and damaging to families and to, um, to really to our societies and communities. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I understand fear, but I also understand that God is, um, God is sovereign over all. He is good. Yeah. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit more about this fear because I just know amongst my mom friends, it's like just an overwhelming thing, really. I feel, well, I've only been a mom for a short amount of time, but (laughs) my point of view, I feel like we have more things to be fearful of than ever before. That's probably not true, especially if you read the Bible and see some of the things that have always gone on. But, um, You know, I know, and I'm not even going to say this verse right, but it's one of my favorite verses. And it says, like, um, if we focus our eyes on on God, he will give us a peace. Um, I wish I could remember the verse, but I always try to remember that. And I'm like, well, there's a promise there. God promises us peace, but we also have to do our part. And that means focusing our eyes on him and I fall so short of that. And I think (laughs) it's especially hard this day and age because our dang phones go off nonstop all of the notifications. And I've just completely turned mine off, but it's still hard not to get on social media and spend time there. I mean, it's literally addicting. And so I feel like that's why so many of us are even more fearful because we're not stepping into that promise and claiming it and doing the work that needs to be done to feel that true peace. Um, But I was just wondering, um, how can you give us some practical ways and some encouragement and what's on, what is like, what's on the other side? Like, what is that promise about if we can discipline ourselves and how can we discipline ourselves to Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, there's, there is a lot of fear. There is a lot of things that are going on in our society that are um, ugly and scary. And there is real evil um, in the world. Right. Um, but our, our, our calling is to fix our minds, fix our, our minds and our thoughts on, on the things of the Lord. Um uh, I'm looking for it. Um, you might, anyway, yeah, I'm, uh, it's, <laughs> it's whatever is true, whatever is lovely, whatever is, you know, pure think on these things. And, and when we are focused on the things of the Lord, we know, we know, it, um, Romans eight twenty eight. This is one that I, we stuck to a lot. I prayed this a lot. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So if we love the Lord, if we know that we have been called, you know, of God, we are 
we're Christians. We are, we know that if you know that you have to know that he causes all things to work together for our good. And even in the ugliest, even in the most awful moments of our lives and the most, um, um, hard, the hardest things, the hardest challenges in our lives, um, God is sovereign over it all. And we can have a peace, um, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and thanksgiving. Yeah, through prayer and thanksgiving, make your request known to God and the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. Those kinds of things, when you when you hide those verses in your hearts, and I know they haven't always remembered the, you know, the location, right? <laughs> the reference, where is that? That's somewhere in the Bible. Be anxious for nothing. That part right there yeah. is mm -hmm. so is so important to just fix your mind and your heart on that. Abide, you know, Hannah's conference was called Abide. Abide in that verse. Mm -hmm. You know, be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. That's what it was. Make your request known to God. And that was a, a instrumental in um, my daughter's. Uh, walk when she gives her testimony she talks about that verse a lot because she was one who was very anxious and had trouble sleeping at night mm -hmm. and in junior high um, just being anxious about schoolwork and you know friend things and all the things that you go through in junior high she had trouble sleeping and um, I would pray this over her she would come to my door and say mom I can't sleep and I would go in her room and just, we would pray this first, be anxious for nothing, you know, but in, for everything and through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. That's the huge part too, is thanksgiving, that thanking yes. God for what you have, mm -hmm. what he's already done for Jesus, for your salvation, mm -hmm. for all the things that you have, you know, mm -hmm. make your requests known to God and, and he will guard your heart. You know, he, the peace of God, which passes all understanding that part too passes all understanding we don't understand it but we can have peace right mm -hmm. um and that peace of god will guard your heart and your mind fixing yeah. your mind once again it's you know yes, the I, battlefield I, oh go ahead the, the the battlefield is in the mind spiritual battlefield is in the mind right mm -hmm. what you think what your what your flesh is thinking versus what god's spirit is doing Right. Um, and so when the peace of God guards your heart and mind in Christ Jesus, you can rest. And that that rest allows you to then, you know, pour into other people to pour into serving your husband, serving your children, you know, without anxiety, without worry, without fear. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love all of those verses that you shared with us. And there are so many promises there. But for me, I know that I need to do my part as well. And just like how you were talking about David and Goliath and all the people that God used. Yes, God was in control and used them, but they also had a part to do a, a part of it as well. You yes. know, I think it's so cool. Like, it's us and God together. And that's so awesome. But okay, so I found the verse I was well, I was trying to tell you about. It's Isaiah 26, 3. And it says, you will keep in perfect peace all whose mind is fixed in you. Yeah. Yeah. All who trust you and whose thoughts are fixed on you. And it's yeah. like, I think so often we just want to hang on to the first part. 
you will keep in perfect peace. Okay, Lord, you're going to keep me in perfect peace, but then we're not feeling the, um, the, the truth of that. We're not feeling the peace because it's hard for us to do our part. And like, what, (laughs) what does that take for our thoughts to be fixed on him? I mean, that's work, you know? And so I know that it's hard, but I just want to encourage everyone listening. Like we can have that, we can step into it, but it takes work from us as well. Absolutely. And I love how you mentioned just, you know, abiding in his word. And yes, it's great to memorize scripture. And if you can just start just with a little phrase, like you shared, just take a little bit of that and fix your mind on it all day and keep it in front of you. Like I know, like I go in waves, there will be weeks where I feel I am, my thoughts are fixed on him and I'm like feeling good. And I am feeling that peace. And then I fall off because it takes work, you know, and it's easier to just binge out on Netflix or scroll on social media. And I think a big part of it too, why we get so sucked into all that stuff is because we're longing for community. You know, we've been very isolated the past couple of years and social media kind of a little bit helps us feel like we're connected to, to people. But at the end of the day, it's not in a healthy way. You know, we would be so much more fulfilled if we stepped into a church like you're talking about and Yes. got into one of yeah. these groups and found yeah. our community there because that's what a, long, a lot of us are really longing for when we get so sucked into social media and you know God created us to God loves families God loves communities he loves them so much like he he created families he had us be born into a a, uh, a community we're locked into and then and then our church communities like it's so needed in our lives. And I think that's what so many of us are longing for. And the truth is, is like, yes, our relationship with God is most important, but that's a real way that we find God is in other people because God lives in each and every single one of us. And so when, when we can plug into these communities, we're going to be like, like, yes, we, we can feel God in our relationship just one-on-one with him, but I feel like we can also feel him in a real way in our relationships and in our communities with other people. And that's what so yes. many are dying. The spirit, the spirit of God, you know, moves among, among the people of God. And mm-hmm. when our oldest daughter went away to college, um, she her roommates, none of her roommates were believers, roommates and sweet mates. She had, I think, five roommates, sweet mates. None of them were um, believers. And we had, um, we'd known of a church of where she was going to school. And um, we had some friends who had other kids that had been um, to that church. And I said, hey, you know, you should, maybe you should check out the church, you know, and see how, and she's like, okay, well, well, I left her on Friday night. We moved her in on Friday, Friday night. We left on my way home, driving home and praying for her. And she was getting to know her roommates during that time. And I was halfway home and pulled up my phone and I had a text that was really long talking about, oh my gosh, mom, my roommates are talking about, you know, what they did over the summer and they want to have a party on, on Saturday night. And they're talking about, you know, getting alcohol and drinking and none of them were 21, none of them. Um, and she was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. And I was like, Oh 
my gosh, I just left my baby to the wolves, you know? And uh, I, but part of me wanted to turn around and, you know, go back and get her. Um, And, you know, I cried and prayed the rest of the way home. And, and anyways, she ended up going to, that was Friday night, Saturday, she spent a little time with her roommates and on her own. And she texted me on Saturday and said, mom, she hadn't said whether she was going to go to church on Sunday. She's like, I think maybe I'll wait, you know, a week or two or whatever. And she texted me on Saturday and said, I'm going to go to church tomorrow. And I was like, praise God, because I'd been praying for that, that she would go and find, you know, a good community of people. Mm-hmm. And on Sunday afternoon, after church, she texted me and, or no, she, she called me. We talked on the phone. She said, mom, it's, it's the weirdest thing. She said, I don't know anybody in this church. I've never met anyone in this church. She said, but I walked in and it felt like home. And I'm like, that's the spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. You know, these people are your family because of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was a huge blessing. And, you know, she had a, she had a, a, a great couple of years um, at college um, and where she really grew in her faith and her quiet time with the Lord was, you know, was, was fervent and beautiful. And, and she grew a lot in that time um, because she was exposed to things of the world and she knew that she didn't want to be a part of that. So that was, uh, she had a whole different college experience than I did. I'll tell you that. Um, (laughs) Partly because she connected to a church family and partly because she, she reached out to me um, and we, we went through, I think, in the, in the two years that she was away at college, um, we went through, I don't know, three book, three or four books, um, reading them together and talking once a week about what, what we were learning. And so we connected in our, our relationship through. You're such a cool mom. (laughs) Uh, you know, I just tried to give my kids truth, right? Just give them the truth. The truth is that God is the God of the Bible. The God who we love and serve is faithful. You know, when we, when we will turn to him and look for his truth, he is faithful. And, you know, that's, so that's where, and, and we, you know, we had, we have a great relationship still now because partly because of all of that, that time that we spent together, you know, once a week, we did a zoom or FaceTime or whatever, um, and talked about the truths that, of the Bible that we were learning through books. And I have a stack of books, you know, a ton, I have lots of books. Uh, like I said, I read a lot, lots of marriage books, parenting books, things like that. That's where I did a lot of my, I had a lot of my growth. I have uh, mentors who walked through these books with me. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm currently, you know, doing that with some women here, which um, has been a huge, huge blessing for me as well. So mm-hmm. just giving truth, you know, point people to God. Oh my gosh. I love that. Um, I have a story that I just feel a little called to share, but first I wanted to see what time you needed to go. Cause we're already, <laughs> this has gone by so fast. What time do you need to go? I, I have no schedule today, so. Okay. Okay. So however long you want to talk. And oh my God. Oh, uh, well, if it's okay with you, I, um, 
maybe in a couple of months, okay, or something, we can do maybe a different marriage talk because I sure I'm really absolutely motherhood talk right now. So I sure I'd be happy to. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So, um, what I just heard you talking about, you know, with um the story you shared about your daughter and um what I really took from it was just the power of prayer. And I just want to share, I feel like that has really been on my heart. And so as easy it is for us, for us moms to feel like we're falling short and we're not going to be perfect in raising our kids or disciplining our kids, that is one of the biggest blessings I feel like we can give our kids. And um, how it showed up for me recently was I had an amazing um friend my cousin actually just had a precious little baby and um I was blessed enough to be able to you know talk to her often and see her often and then be there when she gave birth at the hospital and Mm. so um every time I would talk to her she would tell me and she's very strong in her faith and she would tell me I've been praying that I had a that I would have a pregnancy just like yours I've been praying (laughs) that I would have a birth just like yours. And I was very blessed, not because I was, I don't think, I mean, I try to pray a lot. I can't remember, but I was very lucky. God blessed me and gave me very easy pregnancies for the, the, fir- the last one was hard, but the first two, I honestly never felt pregnant. They were so easy. <laughs> I never felt nauseous even once. I was able mm. to be very active. And then my births were always really, really fast for my first one. I got to the hospital at uh, 3 p.m. and the baby was here by 7 p.m. Um, oh. uh, I think I pushed for 30 minutes with him and then for the second and third baby same thing very very fast maybe three hours from the first contractions and then for the second and third I pushed once for each of them so I was Ooh. very very lucky and so she would always tell me I've been praying I've been praying that I have it just like yours just like yours and so um I was lucky enough to be there at the hospital when she gave birth. And um, it mm-hmm. was so cool. Um, her family played, prayed, prayed multiple times while we were all waiting in the waiting room for her mm-hmm. um, while she was, you know, have like working her way to 10 centimeters. Yeah. And then when they said, okay, she's going to push, they prayed again. And it was just so beautiful. And it just made me realize. And so, and so my cousin, oh my God, we were like shocked. It went by so fast, Julie, so <laughs> fast. And her mom sent us a, a little video of her, like having the contractions. She didn't even look phased by them, honestly. <laughs> like at all she didn't look like she was in any kind of pain at all and I was like that is just such a testament to the power of prayer and it really encouraged me in my prayer life and so I was thinking about it that day um and um and the the baby came faster labor was fast and he she pushed and he came very fast and so I was like, wow, she was so blessed. She got exactly what she prayed for. And so I came home and I was just thinking about it. And I was just like, wow, I really need to focus more and be consistent and pray specifically. Um, And I I think God just spoke to me. I heard just this message in my head and it said, okay, Amanda, but do you spend more time being annoyed and frustrated with your kids or do you spend more time praying over them? And Mm. I was like, ouch. (laughs) 
Wouldn't it be so cool if our home and our marriage was our happy place? Well, I'm believing that that very thing is in the near future for all of us. But how do we get there? I truly think it's a combination of faith, obedience to God, and community, which is what I'm inviting you to be a part of. So hear me out while I invite you to join my group course. So you guys, once I once bought a book from a pastor that I love, and it was his um, book on marriage. He included a video series with it, and I, I loved it as well. And I was so inspired until I heard him say, that in the 30 plus years he's been married to his wife, they've never had a real fight. (laughs) I was then so disappointed and didn't feel like any of the marriage advice he was giving was relevant to me or would even work in my life or my marriage because we were in a season where we had fights often and sometimes lingered around weeks. And one time we even brought home divorce papers. So I pretty much just got a bad taste in my mouth towards this advice that he was giving because I was thinking, well, he's never been in my shoes. How can I take the advice that he's giving me? I just got really discouraged in taking his advice or buying any other marriage books because I just couldn't see myself, my marriage or my problems in the stories that these marriage experts were sharing. And that's actually how this podcast was born. I wanted to ask the hard questions to couples and really understand how their marriage survived hard times and if they were anything like me and almost ended up divorced. And that's what I do on this podcast. And we've had the most amazing guests who are willing to answer such an intense and intimate question. So thank you, thank you, thank you to all of the wonderful guests that have come on this this podcast because you have encouraged the heck out of me. So I will never claim that I have all of the answers, but we did endure a very dark season and it left us both kind of bitter, but we have come so far from that. Needless to say, I am not some expert who has all the answers for you, but I'm more like your next door neighbor who is in the same boat as you in the trenches clinging to my faith and fighting to be obedient to God because I know blessings come from obedience and I've already seen the fruit of that in my own marriage so I just want to remind you that God is for you and for your family staying together so I hope you put out some workbooks and some video courses and some more materials for all of us married couples who are in the trenches And um, just to have a separate space where I can talk more openly about some of our real fights and some of our real struggles, but I'm not there yet. But what is really, really on my heart is to do that on the motherhood side. So if you're a mom who can use some encouragement, hear me out. I am starting a motherhood group course. And just like I'm the least likely to be sitting here giving you marriage advice, it's ironic to me that I'm creating a course on motherhood because it's been hard for me. I was a working and had my own business before I became a mom for years and years and years. And I was good at it. So I assumed that that would just transfer right over once I became a mom. And it just did not. So why check out my course on motherhood or bummerhood? Well, because I'm hoping that you can maybe relate to me. I'm not some mom whose kids are grown in a way and who can only remember the good moments of raising kids. I don't have a nanny or a babysitter 
often or or most days of the week, far from it. I'm in the trenches with a three-year-old, a two-year-old, and a nine-month-old, and it's hard. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. And I said a while back that I don't like motherhood because the job is hard but I love my kids and I just like I know you do and I feel God calling me to remember who he created me to be as a mom I feel like motherhood used to be something that was honored and sacred and I feel like we've gotten really far from that this day and age and so God has put it on my heart to remind myself and to remind you of the mom you were created to be so That is where my idea for a group course called Motherhood or Bummerhood came from. We talk marriage with kids, disciplining kids, how I got my kids to listen a little bit better from having to ask them a hundred times and not getting them to respond and um, to getting them to listen the first or second time, 70% of the time that I ask them to do something. We talk faith with kids and daily disciplines that have taken me from feeling like a victim of motherhood and like, oh my gosh, this is not what I signed up for, to really embracing the sacred calling of motherhood and this season that God has me in right now. It was really like every Sunday night when I knew my husband had to go back to work and I was gonna be alone for most of the week with the kids by myself it was like I was really dreading that next morning honestly and there was even day after day where I was like oh my gosh I'm so grateful to lay down and be able to go to sleep but oh my goodness I don't want the morning to come because it's just an endless black pit of changing dirty diapers and cooking 10 meals a day And no, not every day is the best day ever, but I've put some things in place that have really made motherhood a lot sweeter and a lot more joyful. And I think there is magic inside of systems that we create. So I cannot wait to share some of those systems with you that have made me enjoy being a mom much, much more. I know that you're just like me and you love your kids to death and wouldn't change a thing, But just if you just want to find a way to experience more fulfillment, go get on the waitlist for the course Motherhood or Bummerhood. Seven keys to step into the mom God created you to be. If you visit our website, you can subscribe to the course waitlist. And in doing so, we will send you a little guide we created called Seven Lessons I Learned from My Elders on Parenting. And also on our website, afwfpodcast.com. If you're here for the marriage side of things, you can get on the marriage. Um, you can get the marriage guide, which is seven challenges we have collected from all of our guests and elders on the podcast and put it into seven challenges for you. So go to afwfpodcast.com and get those guides. Okay, Amanda, but do you spend more time being annoyed and frustrated with your kids, or do you spend more time praying over them? And I was like, ouch, (laughs) ouch. And so I've just been really trying to take that to heart and just pray just in practical ways. You know, when I'm nursing the baby, I just pray over her and her future and her future spouse and her future friends. Um... And so I'm trying to find just practical ways to just do that throughout yeah. throughout the way and so throughout the day. And so I feel so encouraged how you've seen the fruits of that. But I just wanted to 
Um, I heard someone say recently, like, you can only do so good with your kids. Like, you think you're raising them right, but their peers are going to have more influence on them than anyone Mm. else. Something inside of me said, like, don't believe that. Like, don't Mm. believe that. But it seems like the world just wants us to believe. Like, as parents, we don't really have much influence um, over, you know, the way our kids choose to to go. And so I'm so encouraged hearing your story and just seeing, you know, my family and my cousins, how, how we've all been blessed because of how we were raised. So I just want you to speak a little to that and just encourage us once again. And you already did a little bit by sharing you know, <laughs> that message to stay at home moms. Um, but really just any any last words for us moms? And also, if you can just offer some <laughs> some practical ways to get our kids to do the sitting still, to do the obeying authority, <laughs> because that is not cool this day and age. I, I even went to the store the other day and I saw kids throwing complete tantrums and screaming at the top of their mm-hmm. lungs. And I know that the parents are struggling because us parents nowadays have been told, well, you want to let your kids express themselves. If you don't let them express themselves, let them throw the tantrum because if you don't, you're going to kill their spirit. You're going to kill their creativity. You want to let them get their emotions out. And I'm just like, (laughs) that's not real life. (laughs) Like they act like that. They're going to lose friends. They're going to lose jobs. So yeah. If Again, that's worldly, right? That's yes. worldly advice. That's worldly um, um, words, you know. And again, as we see how our world is going, um, you, I, I'm surprised how much people continue to follow that kind of advice, seeing how it's turned out. That that always amazes me. Like, how do in all of the, in all of history, we've seen how things have gone and things are getting worse since we are listening to the advice of uh, quote experts, expert, you know, psychologists and things like that. I'm, I'm not saying that there isn't some value in um, some of that, but it, mm-hmm. if you're not, if you're not rooted in the truths of God and the truths of the Bible and scripture, um, a lot of that is going to go, um, awry let me put it that way um in regarding to to you know raising raising your children and i I go back to titus 2 where where it says to love your husbands and to love your children the way that we love our children in many in many ways is in the discipline is in the how we how we teach them um how to behave right how god wants them to behave and um I, I did a whole section on my talk with uh, at the WOW conference, at Hannah's conference, about loving your children and how best to love your children. And the number one thing is, if you're married, the best way to love your children is to love your husband mm-hmm. and to choose choose him above all other humans, even your children, right? Mm-hmm. Because if, you're, if your children see how you love your husband who how you love your husband right that's they your marriage should be a picture of the gospel to them and what i mean by that is what is the gospel their sin right we sin and then when we when we recognize our sin we repent when we repent we get forgiven 
right? And when we're forgiven, the relationship between us is restored. Jesus did that for us dying on the cross so that our relationship with God could be restored because we sin. In our in our relationships with our husbands, there's sin. Trust me, there's sin, right? When we recognize that sin, when we repent, when we come to him for forgiveness and he forgives and the relationship is restored, that's a picture of the gospel. That should be evident in your home. So the first thing to loving your children and teaching your children well is to love your husband. And he, again, he is the, the, the primary relationship you have on this earth if you're married, mm-hmm. right? And then the next thing is to pray for your children, praying for your children um, for, the, for where they are now, for what they are doing now. Mm-hmm. For where you want them to be in their future, of course, the first thing you want to pray for is their salvation, that they come to the Lord young, mm-hmm. right? Um, but then also you want to pray for their future lives. Most people are called to be married. Very few are um, called to celibacy and, you know, um, service to the Lord. Um, but most people are supposed to be married. So pray for your kids future spouses, Uh right? And when you're looking and you're praying those things, sometimes the mundane day-to-day stuff is not as important. You don't feel like it's so hard and so important when you're looking to where your kids are going to be in the future and what you want to see God doing through them and with them in the future, right? So sometimes this mundane changing a diaper and those things don't feel as, uh, as much of a burden when you're looking at their lives in the future, right? Yeah. Yeah. So praying, praying for your children is huge. It it almost makes me think like just more faith is the answer to all of our problems. How I I was just sharing that verse about focusing our, fixing our thoughts on him and the solution is, or what he'll bless us with is peace. Yeah. No, if we can just be, become more faithful in every area of our lives, because it's so true. in in those moments where I'm like, Oh my God, you know, the nursing, the baby, I'm like, um, just want this baby to get off of me. Like, Oh my, I just want my own space. I'm tired of nursing already. And, you know, and then I'm like, Oh wait, I need to pray for her. And I start praying about those things. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh my God, this baby is so precious. Look at her little face. Like I'm so sad. I'm not going to nurse her anymore. And so it's just like, it cares to me like more faith yeah working and putting the work in for that is almost yeah. like the solution right. to anything yeah. that we're facing and it doesn't and I tell you it doesn't yeah. natural at all it it doesn't it doesn't but those moments those moments they go by so fast let me just tell you you're talking about nursing I'm like oh I miss that it's it's a beautiful beautiful time of connection with your baby <laughs> anyways yes no it I I agree I think it takes you know a greater faith. I think we all, I don't think anybody could say I have all the faith I need, or I have prayed all I need to pray. Right. Mm-hmm. I pray my, my prayer life is just perfect. It's, yeah. I, it's never that way for me. I always feel like I don't pray enough. Right. So I think you're right in that we just need more faith, mm-hmm. um, more prayer, more time with the Lord, more um, sanctification, growing in our walk with the Lord. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and teaching our kids that teaching our kids, the word of God, that's huge. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you're talking about discipline, going back to like, how do we discipline our kids? What, what's the, the, the truth is the way that I, as I raise my kids, because they were being filled with so much truth about who God was and who God is. The God is over everything. God is sovereign over everything. God is the king. God is the leader of everything. God knows everything. God sees everything. The whole omniscience and omnipresence and all those things. My, my kids knew even at a young age before they believed, right? They knew that God was big, right? And God was powerful and God sees everything. And mm-hmm. so in the disciplining, um, when, when I would tell them, you know, when you're disobeying mommy, you're not just disobeying me, you're disobeying God, because God says you're supposed to honor your mother and father. And when you're disobeying me, you're not honoring me. And mm-hmm. God sees that, which means you're disobeying God. And to them, that was like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. right? That was more that was serious. Like if you're disobeying God, that's serious. Cause God is almighty, all powerful, all right. So mm-hmm. that the, the instilling of your children of who God is mm-hmm. helps in the disciplining of your children. And God calls us. And I told, I would tell my kids because God is, is the, is the boss, right? Mm-hmm. God tells me that I have to discipline you. And so you're going to get a spanking because you didn't obey me and you didn't obey God. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how much they understand at a young age. It's amazing how much they understand that when they have been told how big God is Mm -hmm. and they realize that you're not spanking them because you don't like them or you're mad at them or whatever. You're doing it because you're being obedient to God. Mm -hmm. I, as mommy, am being obedient to God when I give you a spanking, it's not because I want to, it's not because I'm mad. It's because I have to, because God, God calls me to discipline you as my child. Mm -hmm. And it's like I said, it's, it's amazing how much they understand and giving them the spanking. It hurts. It hurts me. It hurts them. They cry, but because they, we all understand that this is something that has to happen before I left the room after spanking, we were hugging. Mm-hmm. We were restored. The relationship is restored, right? Mm-hmm. Because of how, how it all went, took place. The relationship is restored. We're, we're hugging. We're crying. Sometimes by the time we're done, we're laughing and it's mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. But the discipline has been given and they understand that they sinned. They repented. Mommy gave them their consequence, right? Mm-hmm. And the relationship is restored. Yeah. So, you know, in the, in the, that discipline, the, it's so important that they know who God is so that it's not just you being mad because they, whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, it's mm-hmm. not just, the, it's not just the act, right. It's not what they did, but it's how we restore the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yes. So, Bringing it huge. full circle. Oh my gosh. Yep. Um, that. I feel like piece of advice means so, so much to me. Thank you so much for sharing that. Just how we can better communicate with our kids. And um, 
the importance of teaching them how big God is and tying it all together. Um, oh my gosh, that meant so much for me. And, um, (laughs) you know, one thing that we, that I talked to with another mom about on this project I'm working on is where I feel like you just explained such a good way to bring discipline full circle, but I feel like maybe past generations or parents who were really strict would, you know, have the mentality, do it because I said so, uh, Mm -hmm. children are meant to be seen and not heard, Uh, You know, like very, very strict parenting. And then my generation now is more so like, oh, only say all things positive. You can't ever discipline (laughs) them. And so what I feel like we're really trying to do in this project is tie the two together. Just kind of like how you said, yes, there needs to be discipline, but I don't ever want to. It's so I don't know why it means so much to me to never just leave my kids in that discipline or never send them to their room and just be angry at them. Like, yes, I'm going to discipline them, but I don't know. God has just put it on my heart to always, he just always has reminded me, bring it full circle and talk to them like that and leave it on a good note. And, um, there was a period of time where I was like, I'm not going to speak my kids. Like, nope, I'm going to follow all this other stuff. And so we've set, you know, three reasons when we feel we do need to spank our kids. And so we've, you know, put some boundaries on it inside of us. But I feel like before, when I was trying to do all the positive parenting stuff, I was so frustrated with my kids. I was becoming Mm -hmm. resentful of them, nagging them all day long, instead Mm -hmm. of simply just disciplining them. And I, uh, I heard somebody speaking Uh, um, and he was saying about discipline and he was saying, which is worse, um, getting to a point where your kids are complete brats and don't listen and are disrupting everybody and everything. And you come to a place where you resent them and have these bad feelings toward them, towards them, or simply just disciplining them so that everybody has a safe place to live their lives. And so really just what, what what's worse, nagging your kids and resenting them all day long or just, you know, taking it to God and figuring out how it is that you need to discipline them. So yeah, anyway. what's biblical, right? That's yeah. the, that's the yeah. thing. What's, what's biblical. Yeah. And I think I, you I, my, my thing is I always go back to go, always go back to the Bible. What yeah. is truth? What is truth and not your truth or his truth or her truth or my truth, God's truth. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be found in the Bible. And that's something I've really loved that you've shared. Okay, well, is that worldly advice or is that biblical advice? And that is such a good thing to test everything that we hear against. So, oh my gosh, I've loved this so much, Julie. I don't want to (laughs) keep it too much longer, but I so love that you're willing to come back on to talk about marriage. For now, I just want you to please leave us with, um, we've been talking mostly about parenting and motherhood. So uh, if you can leave us with one challenge that you feel if we can take on something practical, it can change the trajectory of our lives, our kids' lives, our relationship with God. Can you leave us with some kind of a challenge? Mm, a challenge. I, You know, I think that for me in, um, in raising my kids when they were young, the hardest thing, um, was finding that time to be quiet 
and be with the Lord and read and do Bible study and, you know, those kinds of things, because that's what we're talking about. You have to be grounded in the word. You have to be grounded in your relationship with the Lord before you can instill that in your children, right? Well, not before, but while you're instilling it in your children, right? You need to be growing in your walk and your faith and all those things. So my challenge is be, find that time, whatever it is. I was challenged when I was um, younger (laughs) to find that time. Um, Elizabeth George has several books and one one of them is, um, oh gosh, now I can't remember what it's called. But anyways, Elizabeth George, one of her things is beating your family up. And that means getting up before your family and having your quiet time, your quiet time, your prayer time, your Bible time first. And giving the Lord your first fruits. So she talks about first time, early time, and then shooting or aiming for more time. Um, and that challenged me when I was a, a, a mom with kids at home. And I, at that time, was working um, that I needed to have that time first time, first thing in the morning, um, have that quiet time and Bible time and prayer time, right? Um, so my challenge is to find time. And if you can, if you can make it your first fruits in the morning, the first thing you do when you get up in the morning is spend time with the Lord in prayer, in Bible study, in, in meditation on his word, because that will change the, the tone or it will set the tone for your day. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the midst of child rearing, Um, you need to be rooted and grounded first in the Lord, in his word and in prayer before you hit the ground running with your kids. If you can make that happen, I challenge you to try. And it's not, this was me. I'm not a morning person. And I just gave this testimony at another Bible study. I am not a morning person in my flesh. I will sleep. I'll stay in bed way longer than I should. But in my flesh, that's what I'll do. And when I was challenged with this by Elizabeth George, by some things I was reading and listening to, um, when I was challenged with this, I I prayed to the Lord. I said, Lord, if you want me to do this, if you want me to get up an hour earlier than I already do, then it has to be you. It has to be your spirit living in me because in my flesh, I'll sleep. Mm -hmm. And so I gave it to the Lord and I submitted to the Holy Spirit. I did some things. I did the work. I put my phone, which was my, you know, my alarm at the time. I put that in the bathroom and I told my husband not to turn it off when it went off in the morning. Right. Mm -hmm. So that I actually physically had to get out of bed to go turn it off. Right. Um, There were some things that I, I, the work that I had to do as well, but the spirit in me, I, I relinquished my flesh to the spirit so that I could be faithful in this. So if that's a if that's a, th- a thing for you, you have trouble in your day trying to find the time to be with the Lord, to pray, to do your Bible study. If you have trouble finding time, that's when you need to call on the Spirit and and ask ask for the, the the help of the Holy Spirit to help you do this. And if it has to be first thing in the morning before your kids get up, before your husband wakes up, whatever, if that's when it needs to be, I, I challenge you to 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 really um, try and get that done because it, it made an amazing. Uh, it was an amazing time for me. It was a season in my life where I was getting up early and, you know, and when I told my husband I was going to do this, I'll tell you, this is how, how 
fleshly um, my body, right? How, how much I was in my flesh. When I told my husband, I'm going to start getting up an hour earlier so that I can read my Bible, do my Bible study and pray. He said, sure you are. <laughs> and not that he didn't, not that he didn't, he wasn't encouraging. He was like, okay, you know, but he knew me in my flesh, right? He knew me that I had tried before in my flesh, but this time was different because I was asking for the help of the Holy Spirit. I was submitting to the Holy Spirit. And, um, it, it, like I said, it was, a, there was, a, it was a season in my life that was just so beautiful. And, and I, my prayer life was vibrant and the fervent prayer of a righteous person accomplished much, just amazing time in my life. So I, that's the challenge I have for you, whatever it is, whatever time it is, you know, find it. But if it can be first thing in the morning, you'll find that it's such a blessing and it really does set the tone for your day. So there you go. Gosh, I hate this and love it so much (laughs) at the same time. (laughs) And literally when you were saying, if you can, if you can, I was thinking, well, I can't, I'm still nursing a baby. I'm up with her all night. I need to sleep as long as, and it isn't even that much longer that I get to sleep because the other two are up, but, um, (laughs) but no, I, I love that because I know that would make a difference. And I am going to take on that challenge. I am going to ask (laughs) God to help me. Um, yep, that's I the will key. report back because I think that would be such a blessing. Um, because awesome. you're right, it's so hard to find time throughout the rest of the day, especially you know when you're working, when you have kids, and so I love that. I am going to take it on because all of us could make up some kind of excuse, right? I could say, "Oh, well, I'm nursing," and somebody else could say oh, well, you know, I stay up late at night because I have this to do or the other person, you know, we all have something that we, a reason why we can't do it. But I think that's why it's a challenge and that's why we'll be blessed because of it. So, Julie, I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This conversation has encouraged the heck out of me. And I am so grateful for you and your willingness to just come and be such a servant and to share and encourage anyone who listens. So I think Wow, you. thank you. It has been a blessing for me and I will be praying for you in that If you are loving all of the challenges that we leave you with at the end of each episode, go to afwfpodcast.com and get a week's worth of daily challenges to create big miracles in your marriage. We have taken all of the advice our elders have given us on this podcast and created a printable challenge for you. So go print it out and hang it on your mirror because we all deserve for our home and our marriage to be our happy place. That's afwfpodcast.com.